So, uh, uh, hi, it's Graham here. Sorry to interrupt your podcast listening like this, but uh, I wondered if you could do us a little favour. I haven't told Carol I'm going to do this, and frankly, I'm not sure she's going to find out. Let's maybe keep it that way, shall we? Uh, I don't think she listens to the podcast, so she won't hear that I've tacked this on to the beginning. But the European Security Blogger Awards, they're about to happen, and Smashing Security has been nominated in a couple of categories. Huzzah, huzzah! You can vote in the awards for your favourite security blogs and security podcasts, hint, hint, but you've only got a few days before the voting closes. So do it today. Do it now. Hit pause. Oh, not before I've told you the URL. It's smashingsecurity.com slash vote. That will redirect you through magic to the voting form. And, well, hey, made the best podcast co-hosted for the last six or so years by a Brit and a Canadian win. Um, yeah, over to you. Smashingsecurity.com slash vote. Thank you very much. We love you all, uh, at least the people who vote for us. Uh, but for now, back to your normal service. And uh, sorry about this interruption. You looked around the house of this guy who mouthed off because the hacker posted that. Well, I was curious as to what the hacker was linking to, and I, I, I oh, right. went and checked it out. Oh, I've got big air quotes for research purposes only, is this? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, I didn't. I didn't break in through his front door and have a poke around or anything like that. Oh, right. That's what all the hackers say too. Smashing security, episode three hundred and fifty-two, for research purposes only, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, episode three hundred and fifty-two. My name's Graham Cluley. And I'm Carol Terrio. And Carol, this week we're joined by a special guest, someone who's been on the show lots and lots of times before. It is Paul Duckling. Hello, Duck. Hello, Graham and Carol. Thank you for coming on the show, Duck. Thank you for having me. Now, Carol, we're running a tight ship today, aren't we? Because you've got a very important phone call to make to your mum. I do <laughs> have a very important phone call to make to my mum, which should have been made yesterday. So let's kick this show off. But first, let's thank this week's wonderful sponsors, Collide, Push Security and Vanta. It's their support to help us give you the show for free. Now, coming up on today's show, Graham, what do you got? I'm going to be talking about inflation. Ooh, OK. Mm. What about you, Duck? I am going to be talking about something that the cyber crooks did that when I saw it, I grudgingly had to think to myself, ah, 10 out of 10 for style. And I'll be talking about winning hearts and minds. All this and much more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security. Now, chums, chums, it's the most wonderful time of the year, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. That's what they sing. Maybe it is. Maybe maybe you've got other preferred times of the year. I'm not sure. But uh, you know what it means this time of the year as the as the evenings draw in, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, it means it is party season. It means it's mince pies and mulled wine, carol singing, mm-hmm. ugly jumpers, maybe some fun Not and games. ugly jumpers, just festive Graham, jumpers. have you never stopped to think that in the Southern Hemisphere, as the days are getting to their longest, that it might even more be party season? <laughs> and maybe <laughs> party season on a beach? Yeah, something like that, Yeah. In the swimming pool, perhaps. Yeah. Um, what kind of games do you like to play, Duck, when you are having a little party? What's your preference? I'm not really a party animal, Graham. 
I do. You could afford me. I do. I I do put Christmas lights on my bicycle at this time of year, and I have them on. And that's one thing nice when the nights draw in, because when you go for a ride, all the kids look at the bike, and you can hear what they're saying. Daddy, daddy, I want those for my bicycle. (laughs) It sounds dangerous. You must have one hell of an extension lead. Um, Anyway, so there are some fun games to play. I was wondering if you've ever played Fuzzy Duck. Have you ever played the Fuzzy Duck game? Yes, with you, I think. It's a drinking game. <laughs> I don't drink, Graham, like you, so I, no, I haven't played it, but I know that something bad is coming. I can just feel it in, well, my, I in my liver. <laughs> I I can enjoy Fuzzy Duck, even if I, I haven't been drinking. I think, uh, anyway, maybe some of our listeners will like to play Fuzzy Duck. I'll put a link in the show <laughs> is notes. Is that because you like the discomfiture of others? Well... <laughs> Perhaps. What is a party? Of course I do. What is a party without balloons? Not baboons, balloons. What, those big plastic things that are polluting the earth? Uh, latex rubber is the uh, what they're made out of. And that that is you know that you know you get you get balloons in different shapes you get you get your tedious old round balloon, you know that's the sort of bog standard sort of balloon uh, or the ones that look like a sausage. They're quite fun. Some people like to have a lot of fun with balloons. Um, friend of the show, Jeff White, author of The Lazarus Heist, used to be a professional body... No, not a professional bodybuilder. Used to be a professional balloon modeller back in the day. Is that where they twist them into dogs and fairies and... Yes. And go-karts. And worse. <laughs> and worse. Uh-oh. Duck, you weren't at the Smashing Security Podcast Christmas party a few years ago where uh, Jeff was videoed doing his not-safe-for-work balloon trick. But I I have found it on the internet. So, again, I will put a link in the show notes for anyone who wants to see someone having a lot of fun with balloons. And there's lots of people who like to have fun with balloons. And what they do is they like to seek out other people who enjoy good, clean fun with balloons. And there is an online community called Inflate Vids which describes itself as the website for lunars. What's a lunar? I think I think a lunar, uh, L-O-O-N-E-R rather than L-U-N-A. I think a lunar is someone who enjoys the company of balloons. Oh, uh, not so, loons the bird. Right. No, okay. no, 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 no. Right. So uh, it's the website for lunars and inflatable lovers to upload their videos. And they say, mm-hmm. if you go there, you can every day watch new <laughs> inflatable and balloon fetish videos. Oh, fetish. There we go. There you, that's what you were waiting that for. Was a, that was a long and very cautious introduction <laughs> to bring us to that dread uh, word. <laughs> yeah. That's why you got all precious when I said plastic. You're like, no, no, no. Latex rubber. Oh, latex no. Rubber. Latex rubber. I said, These people are purists. They want, mm-hmm. the, they want the proper material. So they run a website. What have they done, Graham? Tell us. Well, <laughs> well, they haven't done their security properly. Who would have thought? On the Inflate Vids website. Because a hacker who calls himself Thrax. Thrax. That's powerful. Has broken into the website. He has defaced its homepage over the weekend, but that's not the worst of it. He has also, it appears, exfiltrated data. <laughs> that's a long word for stolen, right? So he he's taken data and he has posted about it on a breach online forum, oh. uh, along with a, an animated GIF, actually, of the data being wiped from the server, presumably after he's taken it. He claims he's got usernames, IP addresses, email addresses, hashed passwords. According to InflateVids, Rick, 
at Inflate Vids. He has posted up on Patreon to his community because he can't use his website at the moment. He's basically shut down the entire website. He said, rest assured, he said, that ID verification wasn't taken. So I've done a little bit of research into Inflatevids. Mm-hmm. First time, right? Yeah, 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 totally. totally. Never been there before. Right. <laughs> Too late to sign up, Graham. They've burst. <laughs> so so when, <laughs> when, when you try and create an account on Inflatevids, it looks like you are asked to scan in some formal ID, like your driving license, uh, oh identity God. pass, something mm-hmm. like that. Something which has your date of birth on it before granting you access to their site. I think I think that's right. Certainly, you have to verify your age before you can upload any balloon videos involving nudity. We talked about this just a few weeks ago, that the law Did has we? changed, where people are going to have to provide things like maybe a passport. Remember with the Ofcom? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, but that's with pornography sites, Crow. This is good, clean, inflatable fun. You this say people- fetish, though. Well, you know, that's how they describe themselves. One man's fetish is just another man's trouser press, isn't it? Well, if they're asking for people to be over 18, it seems to me it might be a little dangereux. Well, uh, yeah, they, certainly they're saying if you want to upload some nudity, so if you're, you know, engaged in some activity with an inflatable or with a balloon and there's some, you know, nipplage or something like that on show, then, yeah, you, you have to prove that you're over I just want to say I've got my eyes closed talking into the microphone now <laughs> and it is not helping because you're painting quite a vivid picture. <laughs> so according to Inflatevids, that doesn't matter anyway. They say because they always delete that ID verification data which gets up. Smart. Is this a special kind of deletion where you can go in with a utility <laughs> afterwards and undelete it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Who knows? So so Rick at Inflatevids uh, he said, uh, the other problem is that, sadly, um, my website was using an outdated hashing technique, SHA-1. Mm-hmm. So that is not the best way of hiding your passwords. It's not the best way to obfuscate them from someone else coming along and descrambling them. So they say they're going to fix that and they're going to add some salt in the password because that's what you should do. You should hash and salt or salt and hash actually is the, the correct order to do these things in the future. But the problem is that people who were using a particular password for inflate vids may also be using the same password on other websites that they're members of. Oh, no. And I'm guessing, I haven't done much searching but I imagine there are other websites of a similar vein, or maybe just their banking password, or maybe their eBay password, or their email password could be the same. I think you're right, Graham, because what I've heard a lot of people say is, well, I've gone out of my way to think up one really extra yeah. super complicated password. I'm not taking shortcuts, no cat's names. And now I've got that memorized because it's so secure. Why don't I just use it for everything? And I think you just explained why not. Yeah. Hate to burst your bubble. Yeah. If there's any websites that you really want to keep private, you know, I think up with all banking. Of them. <laughs> yeah, all of them. But you may, you may, uh, you may care less if someone broke into your New York Times subscription or something because you're not putting any information in there. But it's just a good habit, isn't it? If you just have the habit of always using a unique password, one that's been randomly generated, maybe by your password manager or something like that, rather than by your brain, then you're never going to accidentally use a 
dumb password or you're, you're, you're what may happen is you may create an account on an online site at some point, which seems fairly harmless, and then later use it for some more serious purpose, but you're still lumbered with that daft password you initially chose. Absolutely. Yeah, and actually, my, my example was stupid because, of course, if you have a subscription, they've got information on you and you have to pay for that some way. And so if that information got taken, you would be screwed a bit. There's so, also the issue yeah, that yeah. even if it's you know just some local news site where you don't have to pay, if someone's mm. got your password, they can jump in and put inflammatory, racist, derogatory, abusive yes. remarks in and just sit back and go, ha, 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 I've got you, because the finger's yeah. pointing towards you when that happens. Yeah, attack the reputation. Yeah. So did he publish these usernames, IP addresses, email addresses? He's trying to sell them? What's he uh, want? No, it looks like he's made them available to download for oh, free. Oh, that's a bit douchey, right? So he's posted this up on this website. And mm. um, from what I've seen, some of the members of InflateVids aren't terribly happy. So I was looking at this thread where the breach has been sort of announced. <laughs> They're bubbling over. Yeah. And one member of that community, a guy called Inflatamer. Um, <laughs> My eyes are closed again. <laughs> has told Thrax he's super stupid, childish. He said we should fight, quote, Russian pigs, not inoffensive people who like inoffensive things, even if it's maybe a little bit strange. And Thrax, the hacker, was obviously a bit riled by that. He went and looked up in the database for Inflatamer, found him, then posted his address and even what looks like to be a link to his property in Florida. I checked out the property listing. Great. Um, I've had a look around the house. He does have a very nice swimming pool, although there aren't any inflatable avocados or flamingos in it. You looked around the house of this guy who mouthed off because the hacker posted that. Well, I was curious as to what the hacker was linking to, and I, I, I oh, right. went and checked it out. Oh, I've got big air quotes for research purposes only, is this? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, I didn't. I didn't break in through his front door and have a poke around or anything like that. Oh, right. That's what all the hackers say too. So Rick, Rick at in, Infla, what are they called? Rick at in, Inflate Vids. Rick has said this all happened because he was running off-the-shelf software that used SHA-1 for hashing. He didn't check, didn't change it. He assumed that everything was going to be fine because he just got something off the shelf. Obviously, he says that's going to have to change in future. But it doesn't explain how the hackers got in in the first place, but it's yeah. how maybe people are now able to find out what these, their passwords are. So I don't know if either of you are members of InflateVids or any of our listeners. Bad news is there's no ETA for the website to come back. Um, Rick says it may take months. I don't know what you're going to do for your inflatable content in the meantime. Uh, I do. Change your bloody passwords. <laughs> well, yes, maybe you're going to have to find another source. Um, I found the Instagram account of a Spanish chap who appears to be a member of the site, but his account is private. His his avatar, though, Duck, this is just for you, uh, shows him splayed on top of an enormous inflatable football. Um, oh. So it seems legit, either that or he's got some sort of uh, some sort of other issue. So there, there's, there's a lot of this going on. Thrax, by the way, this isn't his first breach. He attacked Fast Company. Mm -hmm. um, he hacked into Fast Company's content management system last year, and he pushed out some obscene and racist notifications via Apple News to tens of thousands of subscribers. So not very nice of him to do that either. Another douche move, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what we're saying to regular users, use unique passwords, obviously. But also, if you're running a website, even if it seems to be harmless fun like inflate vids, 
I haven't seen any of their videos, honestly. I haven't. So I don't really know what goes on, but I assume it's all fairly harmless. Maybe we um, should have a campaign called Hug a Hacker or something. Maybe they just need some love and, you know, we're denying them and then they go and do evil stuff. Hug a Hacker. Start with hugging IT people, IT security stuff. I do every bro. day. Do you? Yeah, I hug my CIO. Oh, your husband. <laughs> the Yeti. Good luck getting your arms around him. <laughs> Duck, what story have you got for us this week? I have a story about a WordPress fish that I investigated. I didn't have the original email, and fortunately, you, Graham, rode to my rescue because <laughs> you, as a fellow WordPress user, I use the hosted WordPress. You, I think, run your own, which is why you got yes. chosen. You received an email, and fascinatingly, to your privacy at account, which I presume was done to mm. give it more vibration uh that was in my opinion surprisingly believable for a fish and led to a web domain that was astonishingly close to the real wordpress one so duck what was the content of this email what was triggering people to click on the link and end up on this fake wordpress site well, the thing that drew me in and made me think, hey, maybe they've actually hacked something inside WordPress because it all looks so good was subject line, attention, remote code execution vulnerability detected in your WordPress site. Dear user, mm. that's perhaps the only giveaway. They probably wouldn't have written that, but might have. The WordPress security team has detected a remote code execution vuln in your site that allows attackers to add malicious code and steal your data, user details, and more. And then words to the effect of, because we're working on a full-blown official patch to the product still, what we have done, the official WordPress security team, is we've produced a plugin that you can install in the interim, which will work around the vulnerability. And there's a download button <laughs> download plugin hmm. and it's a professional looking email isn't it i mean it really does look visually like an email from wordpress you know there's no spelling mistakes it's formatted nicely it's got their logo i mean it it looks convincing and it's mm. quite charming and it sounds community orientated mm -hmm. and of course yep. it's spoofed so the from address is wordpress.org it claims to come from security at webmail dash wordpress.org it's come to your privacy email account yeah so apart from the dear user with a lowercase u and one comma that i didn't like but that may be a <laughs> that may be a stylistic matter it was way way better than usual and this is not just some chat gpt thing that's produced text that meets english grammar rules it's nicely written all you need to do is download install and activate the plugin ensuring a quick and trouble-free protection that's not quite perfect english but it's good enough like i know people would just trust this but i think my first thing if i had one of those was go to the wordpress website to see if there's any information and see if there's any press articles on it because surely if it's affecting tons of people they're going to be talking about it rather than just sending private emails right indeed you're right if you know your domain and that's what you should do, know where to go yourself in advance in using information you've prepared earlier, you would probably just go to wordpress.org and start right there. However, mm. I can see why people might go, well, let me click the button 
I'm only going to the website. Presumably my browser's patched. I'm not going to get pwned just by visiting the site. I mean, that can happen, but it's unlikely. Mm. You click download mm-hmm. plugin and you end up on a site that will seem targeted perhaps to your region of the world because what these crooks registered is they got the domains en-au.wordpress.org. That's English Australian flavor. Mm-hmm. En-ca, which was the link that was in the email that Graham got. En-gb, uh, they got NZ for New Zealand, US, and ZA. Mm-hmm. It's a clever, it's a clever move. Except they didn't actually get en-ca.wordpress.org because that's the real site. What they got okay. was en-ca-wordpress.org. Like it <sighs> just yeah. looks right. And I have to admit, when I went through to look at that site and I went through with the Tor browser, I took all my all my due care just to see what was going on. When I looked at the page, when the page appeared to me, my immediate thought was, wow, this is WordPress's real site. The crooks have actually yeah. tricked WordPress into accepting a, a plugin that mm-hmm. is bogus, that I'm amazed they didn't spot the malware in it, and I'm amazed it's still up. And then I looked back and thought, no, hang on, they're WordPress.org, and they're not, they won't have registered a separate domain for each region. They do them as subdomains, and there it yep. was, just that dash. Smart. So don't you think it's a bit shitty that that's even possible? Yes. Like, right? So if you had duck.com as a URL or as a domain. I wish I could have sold it to DuckDuckGo like somebody did <laughs> and made a small fortune. But it didn't seem important back in the day when four-letter domains were free and easy to get. <laughs> I'd have bought Apple shares at the same time, by the way, and mined a few bitcoins. So I don't regret it. Just one of those things I never got round to doing. <laughs> but if you did have like duck.com and... Um, it's kind of shitty if you have to register duck one, duck two, duck, you know, en, duck, you know, all the different types just to make sure no one pretends to be you. Get all your ducks in order. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. You sometimes do wonder why after a domain like this is registered, because of course it's not a subdomain of WordPress.org, it is a separate domain. I suppose the idea is it's meant to be you know, a free market. It's meant to be a place where somebody who's big and rich can't just register duck.com and then say to me, oh, you want paulduck.com? Oh, no, 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 you can't. So Mm. you can see why it's kind of liberal. Uh, And I guess the idea is that the powers that be would just rely on WordPress saying, hey, this is clearly domain squatting or clearly the intention of fraud. But that that Mm. kind of takedown doesn't happen in minutes or hours or even days, perhaps not even in weeks. So, yeah, you kind of wish that it was easier to control because when you look at it, you're like, what were they thinking? Why did the .org registrar allow that domain? It's so obviously bogus. Yeah, It feels to me that there, there's an irony here with this particular attack, which is that they are actually targeting people who are security conscious. Indeed. People who actually respond to a notification about what appears to be a critical patch in their WordPress, which they want to apply because otherwise... (laughs) He didn't worry about me, did you, Graham? No, no, I knew you wouldn't read the email, but but, but you wouldn't take notice of it. But if I was running (laughs) an inflatable fetish website, for instance, on WordPress, and I got a notification Mm -hmm. like that, I'd think, oh, crumbs, I need to apply this patch because otherwise 
my user's data might be exposed. So Absolutely. there's there's this strange thing going on, isn't there, where actually if you're security conscious, you may be at a little bit more risk than if you're not. And I think if you do click the button just to see and you go to the site and you don't yeah. notice the dash for dot because it just looks almost right. It really does. Yeah, then it really does look legit. If you have ever installed a WordPress plugin before, for example, mm. because you're security conscious, mm. you would glance at that and you would go, that's essentially perfect. Now, the only mm -hmm. the only obvious screw up that existed by the time I looked at this, it was a few days after I'd first heard about it, but I didn't have any samples of anything yet, uh, is it seems that the crooks had decided that part of the information they were using was now well known. So they changed it. And this is this is another part of the trick that I think you're right, Graham, that if you're privacy conscious, security conscious would draw you in. They've included a bogus CVE number. Right. It says CVE-2023-45124. And if you go to the MITRE website, or at least yeah. when I went there and did, I thought, is that a real CVE? And I had a look, and it's one of those CVEs that, that this really annoys me about the, about the way MITRE do this CVE allocation, is that sometimes their website is almost like your own worst enemy, because it says this CVE is real. It's been allocated but it hasn't been written up yet. In other words, it exactly mm -hmm. matches the story that the crooks pitched you in the email. We're working mm. on a patch for the product WordPress. In the interim, the CV has been allocated, and here's a workaround, a plugin. And obviously, that first CV, maybe news had got around and people going, oh, that's a bogus one. Now, it wasn't a fake. They hadn't just made up the number. They Hmm. presumably chosen a number that was in some kind of digital limbo where it did exist, so it was real, but it wouldn't come up and say, oh, that's a bug in some security appliance yeah. or that's a bug in, in some kind of word processing software where you realize <laughs> they've just stolen the number. But they did change the, the, the patch number in the actual plugin details that I saw. So there is a discrepancy between the slug in the URL, which mentions the CV ending 45124, and the one in the body of where you download the plugin that says 46182, if you happen to notice. I've just spotted a mistake they've made, actually, oh. looking at this. so Do you want to tell them? Because it's still going, <laughs> this scam, or do you want to leave it, it there just in well, case? Well, I'm, I'm reading your article on your blog, and I'm looking at these images you've got up, and they have made a mistake, which is a really obvious one, which is in the word WordPress. Oh, yes. Yeah. You're right. The official WordPress is a camel case word. Yes. It's a capital mm -hmm. P halfway through. Mm -hmm. And they've put it in most places, not absolutely everywhere, but in most places they've put it with a lowercase p. So I might, I might, the nerd in me might have spotted that because <laughs> I write WordPress well, so did. often. The nerd did spot yeah. it. So. <laughs> but I didn't know, I'm looking at it now and I can't not see it. <laughs> yeah. But I just, glossed over that. The other thing they didn't do, presumably they wanted one fake plugin page to deal with en-gb, en-ca-us, 
I think what yeah. all the countries they had targeted. I've put a picture of a real one from the the real Canadian English dash Canadian community <laughs> site, and it actually has the name of the country at the top next to the ah, WordPress it logo. Does. And they yes. haven't got that. That's a customization, but all their domains I think end up at the same page, so they presumably didn't get it together. There is something we can all learn from this if we're programmers or coders and not WordPress users. And that is that although it says it prevents you getting malware and protects you against attacks, actually what the plugin does, as you've probably guessed, even if you haven't read my article about it, is it actually goes out and installs malware for you so that they can get back in. And it just goes and downloads a, 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 yeah. a free and open source PHP backdoor available. You can probably guess where it is. It's on GitHub, even though <laughs> it's... You can't imagine why anyone would want to use it for legitimate purposes. It's advertised on GitHub with, and I'm using big air quotes here, for educational and testing purposes only. So the crooks can come back in with a password that they set into the code. You know, the other cheeky thing that they do with this is that if you install the patch, they then display a little dialogue saying, thank you for patching your system. Lovely, lovely. You're all up to date. You can help the WordPress community by sharing the word. We encourage you to share this patch with people you think might be affected by this vulnerability. So you could actually be doing the bad guy's dirty work for them by getting your friends to install it as well. Yes, this is this is a Trojan horse, not an old school computer virus capable of self-spreading. But they've added the computer virus part into it by getting you to help spread it to your buddies. <laughs> and and that pop-up is it just it just looks fine, doesn't it? The patch yeah. has yeah. been installed successfully, your WordPress is up to date, blah, blah, blah. And in the ratings, they didn't just do what you'd expect and have a Everyone gave it five stars. They put in a few people who didn't like it. They got a couple of people who only gave it four and two, <laughs> and even had one person, no, one star rubbish. It just. You know what the worst irony of all this is, though, Duck, is they're going to listen to this show of and take notes. And uh, you've just improved them marginally. Yeah, nice work, Duck. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you pointed out this typo. Yeah, yeah, Graham. I did nothing. I was hardly listening. Crow, what's your story for us this week? Do you guys know the expression winning hearts and minds? Yes. Do you know where it comes from? Shakespeare. Second World War? Yes, war. According to Military History Wiki that I found, it's a concept occasionally expressed during war, insurgency, and other conflicts. And it's where one side seeks to prevail by not by using superior force, but by making emotional or intellectual appeals to sway supporters of the other side. Mm -hmm. Kind of like rhetoric, basically. A type of rhetoric. Have you ever used that word on the podcast before? Because I like it. I like hearing the word rhetoric. I don't think it's used enough these days. That's <laughs> what I studied when I was studying a long time ago. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, now, hearts and minds, uh, when you think of people, um, I think President Zelensky comes to mind. He's still leading the fight to save Ukraine as an autonomous region. Careful. Not autonomous region. Sovereign independent state. Okay. Sovereign independent state. Thank you very much, Doug. But I would argue that he's won the hearts and minds of many people in the world, including that of celebrities, because actually some of us know that he used to be an actor before he was 
the leader. Yeah, wasn't he a, a, like a comic actor or something? Wasn't he? Yeah, comedian and actor. Was Reagan was too, right? Reagan was an actor. He was in a TV show about a comedian who somehow becomes president and then he became president. It's so the wild. real life. It's so yeah. crazy. As if as if any country would hire someone just on the basis of appearing on a TV show. <laughs> Imagine uh, that. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> um like last January, The Guardian published this article on how Zelensky became Hollywood's man of the hour. And the strapline is from Bren Stiller to Jessica Chastain. Celebrities have embraced Ukraine's president and offer support to the country's war effort. So that's kind of proof that he's the winner of hearts and minds of the moment, do you not think? Yes. Yes. Okay, just making sure everyone's still with me. <laughs> I was nodding feverishly, but very quietly. Yeah, I, I was just thinking, is this a trick question? Think carefully, because after after not spotting that WordPress mistake, I'm feeling I need to be more cautious in my digital life. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yes, Carol. Okay, so no surprise, this must frustrate and anger those on the pro-Russian side of, of things. Perhaps they wonder why isn't uh, you know our leader, esteemed leader Putin, mm. Mr. Putin, the smallish man who wrestles big cats and hunts bare-chested, why is he not loved and admired in the same way? Yeah, funny that. So one way is to discredit the opposite side, right? Start chipping away at the reputation and you could use the digital world as your vehicle. So a group has been working on this, revealed Microsoft just last week, in a rather novel way. And I'm so interested to hear what you guys think of this approach. So here are the ins here the ins outsies. So I was just going to say, <laughs> here are the ins and outs of a new uh, cyber campaign. They have this unknown pro-Russian influence group. And they say they recruited legit bona fide Hollywood actors and other celebs. So we have names like Priscilla Presley, Elijah Wood, Dean Norris, Kate Flannery, just name a few. Right. And you're like, well, how did they get them to take part in a smear campaign? Well, Microsoft thinks that these celebs were directly contacted via video messaging platform such as Cameo. And Cameo is a website where you pay all manner of people, bona fide people, including a gaggle of celebs and comedians and whatnot, to get personalized mini videos from your favorite stars. So, so the likes of Elijah Wood have got a Cameo account, haven't they? Yes, it seems they do. Times must be tough. I went looking to see who I could find on it, and I found Don Johnson, right? Star of 80s cop show Miami Vice. Well, that's the whole point, Crow, because he was a star of a 1980s TV show. <laughs> he hasn't done anything since. And so the only way he can make well, how, money. Well, no, but he's charging, he's charging 400 bucks a pop for a one minute or so video. And how many is he making of those? I have no idea, but he had a few examples, which I watched. I'll put a link in the show notes for everybody. Okay, and what you do is you kind of would say to him, hey, 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 okay, here's your 400 bucks. Can you right. address it to this person and make this message? Like maybe I'd say, hey, you know. Uh, Graham. Yeah, I would say, do it to Graham and say happy birthday for the next birthday party or something like that, right? And you'd be like, oh, that's so cool. Carol, can I just say at this point, I'm feeling slightly poorly <laughs> because I'm remembering that there was a chap in the United Kingdom who got on Cameo, and I seem to remember he was charging 70 quid a go. Oh, really? Who, who was that person? Well, I don't want to say it. 
Does it rhyme with fine? No, but his first name rhymes with trigel. Trigel barrage. <laughs> 70, 70 quid, really? Wow. Apparently, yeah. Uh, so, so, I don't know. I think, guys, you could probably do this as a sideline if you wanted. You're pretty, you know, you're celebs in the area of cyber. You could send people a little, you know, jokes or something. But no. No, 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 no. No. Absolutely not. I have thought about it, obviously. Oh, right. <laughs> but but no, because there is nothing sadder than seeing somebody up on <laughs> Cameo <laughs> whose career has fallen to such depths that they now will read out messages to people saying happy birthday. Why is it sad? It makes people happy. Who? Who, who are these people? Oh, if I got one of my mom's favourite people to say, hey... No. Mom. No. I've looked up cameos before of people, you know, like actors from Doctor Who and things, and I think, oh my God, this is it's it's so embarrassing <laughs> that they're having to do this. And so if your mum, who currently thinks that the world of, I don't know, Tom Selleck or something like that, if she saw Tom Selleck wishing her a happy birthday, she'd think, Oh, this is what he's this is what he's doing now. This is as good as it's got. I don't think everyone's quite that cynical about it. I agree. I think some people just think it's like good, clean fun. And if somebody wants to make, let's face it, $400 for a minute's work. See, Duck's thinking about it. That's a good rate by any account. I'd love to do that, but I don't think many people are probably buying greetings at $400 from Don Johnson from Miami Vice. I'm going to crack on with my story, okay? Okay. I think you're going to be a winner, Carol, because obviously this story wouldn't exist if Cameo wasn't popular. I suppose. And they don't know if it is Cameo. It's a site like Cameo. They've mentioned okay. that. We're not, they're not sure exactly how they managed to do this. So anyway, so the pro-Russian influence groups, as Microsoft, requested that these celebs create a personalized video. They wanted a message to help encourage someone to seek help for their substance abuse. And this person was to be called Vladimir. Oh, no. So you have a video of someone like Elijah Wood saying, hey, Vladimir, um, <laughs> look, it'd be really good if you laid off the sauce or, you know, stop taking heroin or whatever. And we're behind you. We've got you. You know, oh, shout out. So they so they edit it. So they just have the bit where. Well, they, they have the name. They have the whole video. It's a one minute long, maybe whatever yeah. they grab. But then they, they put an overlay over it. So it looks like it comes directly from the actor's Instagram page. So they've like overlaid things like emojis and links and the sort of stuff that give it a real feel, says the register. Oh, so the theory is that instead of thinking, oh, somebody paid 70 quid for that, they think, hey, that person feels strongly enough that they actually put it on their own social media page by themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Priscilla Presley. Yeah, like everyone, when you see it, you're thinking, wow, Priscilla Presley really cares about Vladimir. <laughs> Couldn't they just get Steven Seagal to do that? Isn't he a friend of Vladimir Putin's? Couldn't they just get Steven Seagal to do all of these videos and put them on his real Instagram? <laughs> Yeah, but that wouldn't work. That wouldn't work as well, would it? Because if you're if you're known to have that particular viewpoint, it's when someone that you wouldn't expect suddenly seems to be like Frodo Baggins. <laughs> and know. these videos were then shared on Russian social media networks, all in the name of promoting Russia's long running claim that Ukraine's leader suffers from addiction, which is reported widely. This is completely false. 
But how weird is it? Like, why wouldn't you use like a deep fake? Like, is it because the celebrity can't deny that he said it? Is that why? Maybe. Or maybe it's just cheaper and easier. And it, and the thing with deep fakes is no matter that everyone goes, oh, look how good they are. They are fake. It's like that WordPress page that I was just talking about. And Graham said, oh, look, they spelled WordPress wrong, which none of us <laughs> had noticed till halfway through the podcast. You know, it. the thing is that nothing is quite as real as something that is actually real. I, yeah, I, I should underline, I should underline the celebs who took part in this had no idea that Vladimir, the name was referring to Vladimir Zelensky or President Zelensky. And like, there's nothing new uh, with warring sides trying to uh, bash in the reputation of the opposition. But why use Priscilla Presley, for Christ's sake? Like, it's so weird. For anything. <laughs> Come on. Yes. <laughs> what, what, what would be the point? Well, Microsoft Threat Analysis Center has observed seven star videos since July 2023. And it says that they're expecting to see much more in the coming year. So as it's going to intensify as the war rages on. I suppose the deal is that it's not so much the name of the person as that that name is known to be someone who is American. What, Vladimir? Priscilla. No, the celebrity crew. <laughs> Try and keep up with your own story. <laughs> I told you I was out very late last night. I'm suffering. Now, you've probably noticed the uptick in identity-based attacks recently hit in the headlines. If you're working like crazy to get everything behind SSO and make sure everyone's using strong passwords and MFA, then Push Security is for you. Push Security helps you to monitor and secure your entire identity attack service, including non-SSO identities. Get notified in real time to vulnerabilities across all your internet-facing identities. What's more, Push Security then guides your employees to fix simple issues so your team can carry on fixing everything else. Want to check it out? Well, head over to pushsecurity.com slash smashing. That's pushsecurity.com slash smashing. And thanks to them for supporting the show. Thank you to Smashing Security sponsors Vanta, where you can shortcut compliance without shortchanging security. Expand the scope of your security program with Vanta's market-leading compliance automation. Vanta's 5,000-plus global customers report saving over 300 hours in manual work and up to 85% of cost for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, GDPR, custom frameworks, and more. And with Vanta's 200-plus integrations, you can easily monitor and secure the tools your business relies on. From the most in-demand frameworks to third-party risk management and security questionnaires, Vanta gives SaaS businesses of all sizes one place to manage risk and prove security in real time. As a special bonus, Smashing Security listeners get a whopping 20% off Vanta. Just go to vanta.com slash smashing. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash smashing. If you work in security or IT and your company has Okta, this message is for you. 
For the past few years, the majority of data breaches and hacks you read about have something in common. It's employees. Hackers absolutely love exploiting vulnerable employee devices and credentials. But imagine a world where only secure devices can access your cloud apps. Here, credentials are useless to hackers, and you can manage every OS, even Linux, from a single dashboard. Best of all, you can get employees to fix their own device security issues without creating more work for IT. The good news is, you don't have to imagine this world. You can just start using Collide. Collide is a device trust solution for companies with Okta, and it makes sure that if a device is not trusted or secure, it can't log in to your cloud apps. Visit collide.com slash smashing to watch a demo and see how it works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash smashing. And welcome back. Can you join us at our favorite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses saying the like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they like. It doesn't have to be security related necessarily. Better not be. Well, my pick of the week this week is security related. Uh-oh. We're this close to Christmas and you seriously are pulling this one out. Okay. That's, it's usually when I'm on the show, it's usually me going, oh, I don't really do anything except cybersecurity. And I'm the one who lets you down this time. I have something that is not security related. Thank you, Duck. It does involve coding, though. <laughs> Carole, I've got a question for you. Duck, you're not allowed to answer this. Carole, uh, have you have you got a pie hole? <laughs> Do you know what a pie you, hole is? No, I, I don't. Is it like a raspberry pie? <laughs> it's not your mouth either. No, it's not. A pie hole is a bit of software which you might run on a raspberry pie. Yeah, I said raspberry pie. Oh well, yeah, well, yeah, no, not like a raspberry pie you eat. No, I know you dingbat. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm with you, Carol. I I think it's winding you up. Okay, Carol, you. You explain then, Crow. You explain then if you've got one of these. No, I haven't used it. It's still in its box. Someone gave one to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> a pie hole is a bit of software you can run on a Raspberry Pi that's quite well known. And you can send anything which looks like an ad coming over your internet connection to a black hole inside the Raspberry Pi. So it doesn't get displayed on your computer, or on your phone, or any of your other devices which are on your Wi Fi. Now, my pick of the week this week is not a pie hole. It is something which is just like a pie hole called AdGuard Home. It's a free and open source piece of software from the folks who make the AdGuard plugin you might have used or the AdGuard DNS service. Yeah, you alluded to this last week, did you not, in your story? Or one story, one of our stories. I did mention it because uh, I had reason to put some internet filtering <laughs> at home. Let's not go into the details. Uh, to maybe have a bit more parental control. Uh, blocking ads. Because the inflatables were getting too much. There was too much inflatables in the house. Oh, I wonder if I'm blocked from reaching the inflatable site. Anyway, um, <laughs> so what you do with AdGuard Home, as I say, it's free. You can download it from GitHub. Um, it's not just put up there for research purposes only. It is put up there for legitimate purposes. <laughs> uh, you can run it on your Raspberry Pi. You connect your Raspberry Pi to your router. And it means that you can block ads and tracking and porn and all kinds of other things. You can customize it for different devices. You can, uh, 
have customizable block lists. You can use some of the many other block lists which are already out there. And it works a treat and it works really well. I have a question. Ask me a question. What would stop what would stop said person in household from just disconnecting the chain and putting the chain back together <laughs> in the old way? Would you get notified of that? Um I, well it depends how well he would cover his tracks, uh, because um, obviously my router is now using the AdGuard home. It's sending all the traffic through it um, in order that it gets filtered. So if they were able to also reconfigure my router, then potentially they could do that. But that's protected with a password. AdGuard home is protected with a password as well. And I haven't used an easy to guess password. It's one that's just sort of long and randomly generated. What he can do, of course, is simply turn off Wi-Fi on his device and use his cell phone connection instead to access stuff. And that that's a whole other story of how you lock down your smartphone from being able to do things uh-huh. like that. Ah, okay. A little bit complicated. Yeah. Mate, yeah. Well, I've already actually taken steps about that as well. But um, anyway, my pick of the week right now is AdGuard Home. It's free. It's open source. Go and check it out. I'm quite impressed with it. I've been running it for a couple of months now. Well, future pick of the week. Yeah. Duck, what's your pick of the week? My pick of the week, it's something that I've used before and I've come back to recently because I dropped my beloved Garmin down the stairs outside my flat uh, where it which it did not survive and I had to go and get a new one and I decided I'd buy the tiny little the little entry level one because it's really tiny and it fits in your pocket I think it's called the the, the Garmin Edge and uh, it wouldn't be popular with people who like to track everything and have real-time online maps and do all the turn-by-turn navigation that many cyclists do. I don't really like that because I like to just enjoy the ride. And I usually know where I'm going. I just sometimes get lost along the way. So I used a thing called Connect IQ. If you're a programmer and you're a cyclist and you've got a Garmin, it is actually user programmable and you can go out and download their development kit, their Connect IQ development kit. And you have to learn a language called Monkey C, which is wow. if you already know C, it's it's pretty easy to pick up. Uh, it's sort of like a, a scripting language. And you can write your own apps that display what you want while you're riding along. And I used it to build, even for my tiny little Garmin, the screen just fills up with a compass, like an orienteering compass. So it's, it, it doesn't just give the bearing in like 203 degrees or whatever. It's good looking. You could just glance it and see which direction you're going. And I found that this, what you might call approximate navigation, where I know where I'm going. Let's say I need to get from Oxford to Bicester, or I need to get from Oxford to the big Tesco, and I want to take a different route. And I know that I roughly need to get to be to keep going in a southeasterly direction. Then when I get off track, I can just glance down at my compass and figure, yeah, I'm I'm going a little bit off course. I need to I need to take a right somewhere here and work my way across. And like a compass. Like like yeah. Just like a compass. So the problem with having a normal compass on a bicycle is even if you have an aluminium bicycle, there's lots of steel everywhere. And so when you put the mag- the compass near it, it's like having a compass inside a car. It, it, it's a very complicated thing to have one that's tiny, inexpensive, and that you can that isn't set up specially that you can remove so that it doesn't get I stolen. I didn't know that. So this is with the Garmin. Obviously, you have to be moving for it to work because it uses GPS. But it's great just having this big thing that just says, you know, well, north's behind you, north's ahead of you, or, you know, you need to turn left. And uh, 
and I got to write the code myself and do a little bit of graphics. But you should put your code up and share it with other people. Put it on GitHub for research purposes only. <laughs> there is a Connect IQ community site where you can download stuff. So I might just ah. do that. And the other thing I did with it is I have a particular predilection for the the typeface for, for terminal windows. I like the typeface that was originally used on the <laughs> IBM 3270 terminals from the 1970s. And there is a fantastic font called IBM 3270, free open source font. And I actually adapted that and I used that for the little <laughs> speedo part. So it actually looks like I'm riding along looking at an IBM 3270 terminal. I love, I played, um, what was it called? that game tetris no 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 it was like a word game zork zork oh and the I, infocom I, games the old text yes and i played that on a green screen an ibm green screen like with the yeah i didn't yeah very cool you can get the emulators for all of those games hitchhiker's guide the lot super i didn't know that that's really cool if you like green text on a black background, I can recommend Paul Ducklin's blog as well, uh, which is all monospaced and uh, very old school. In I didn't know you were writing a blog. I'm going to go check it out, Duck. I didn't even know. eDucklin.com. Oh, perfect. Easy peasy. Carol, what's your pick of the week? Uh, well, uh, we haven't mentioned it, but the holidays are upon us. So uh, my pick of the week is top five things to get for the cook in your life. Now, I've not chosen dumb things. I've not chosen obvious things. And I haven't chosen expensive things. So I've got five things under 50 bucks for you guys to consider. So no saffron. Yeah, no saffron. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, none of it you can eat. These are all tools or, you know. So one is an instant read thermometer. I use the thermo pen. This is like a digital pen that you, that instantly reads out the temperature of whatever you stick it into. Um, so, for example, all baked goods need to be at 200 Fahrenheit or, or 93 Celsius. You just know that. And you never overcook or undercook cake again. Right? You never overcook your fish. But when you get it out, it's full of holes. It looks as though someone's been stabbing it. Is that? Or <laughs> we only do it once or twice. You don't have to <laughs> destroy it. I seem to remember the Thermapen has been a pick of the week in the past. It has, but that's why I've got four more. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let's see how you do with those ones. Uh -huh. Okay. A second one is a small flat whisk. This is also known as a French whisk or a stainless steel egg beater. Um, it's kind of got, it's like flat and has a coiled uh, ring all around this kind of spoon-like shape. It is so quick to do like eggs, sauces, dressing, and even whipping up cream for a hot chocolate. Like it's just tiny, great tool. Single mold mini and large silicone spatulas. So you can get them with wooden handles. You can get them with different stuff. Say that again. Single mold silicone spatulas in a variety of sizes. I think there's a fetish website. There, <laughs> no. <isn't there? laughs> Why do you have to make everything dirty? Everything. See, now I'm going to say it will clean out any bowl of goop. Now it feels rude to say that. <laughs> 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 and they wash up in seconds. So, Oh, is that because it like works itself into any corner, any shape, yes. any yes. roundness? And they, that's <laughs> what I hate about stuff. Yes. Like you want to get something out of the box, like the last bit of mustard. I keep, it's there. Like there's quite a lot left. I need one bit, one spoon more, but you put your stainless steel spoon in and you come out with nothing. Yep. 
Duck, I'm going to keep my eyes peeled. If I, I always on the hunt for them. If I see them, I will buy you one. Oh. Number four is a marble rolling pin. Okay. Not a wood one or ones with all kinds of, you know, handles and all that. Just like a marble stick. It's about like 1.5 inches in diameter. Pastry likes cold and marble is chilled and it's way better than silicone or wood, in my opinion. Just don't drop it as I have done. So I have a second one now because they crack. Ouch. Also, if they land on your foot, I mean, it's granite, right? This is yeah. <laughs> yeah. going to take your toe off. They are, uh, they are heavy. Um, and the last one is for people with wrist sensitivities, like I have that, and a lot of older people have it too. And so instead of, you know, they have things to open jars and they're these big clunky things. Yes. Hate those things. There's an answer. There's these things called rubber gripper pads. It's basically a tiny, thin, we're back to latex and rubber, Graham. <laughs> um, it's like a little pad of rubber and you, uh, like thin, thin, and you just put it on top of the lid and bish, bash, bosh, you open. Oh, that's so clever. These are all quite economical and they're all good and used and recommended. So, all the links are in the show notes. These are not necessarily exact ones I have because some I've had for a long time. I had no idea where I got them, but you'll see what I'm talking about. So check out the show notes. These are my pick of the weeks. Thank you very much. Fantastic stuff. And that just about wraps up the show for this week. Duck, I'm sure lots of our listeners would love to follow you online and find out what you are up to. What is the best way for folks to do that? The best way is to go to pducklin.com or... If it's easier for you, paulducklin.com, out in full. Uh, or you can follow me on X. I can't believe I didn't say Twitter, but I'll say Twitter as well. I am at DuckBlog. And you can find me as P. Ducklin on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. And that's Ducklin without a G, of course. I was just saying, we, did you register that one? Because I'm just looking for it. <laughs> it is indeed. And you can follow us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity. No G, Twitter and Last have a G. And um, we also have a Mastodon account. And don't forget to ensure you never miss another episode. Follow Smash Insecurity in your favourite podcast app, such as Spotify, Overcast and Apple Podcasts. And massive thank you to our episode sponsors, Push Security, Fanta and Collide. And of course, to our wonderful Patreon community. It's thanks to them all that this show is free. For episode show notes, sponsorship info, guest list, and the entire back catalogue of more than 351 episodes, check out smashingsecurity.com. Until next time, cheerio, bye-bye. Adieu. Farewell. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> Toodaloo. Pip-pip. Pip-pip.